Don't you just love baptisms? I do. Just last week, Louis Berry was baptised here at Christchurch. And last month, we had the baptism here of Faye Bond. That was the first baptism we've had in this church for over a year. In both baptism services, I particularly remember reciting the response during the signing of the cross. Fight valiantly as a disciple of Christ against sin, the world and the devil. Everyone stood up together and recited these words in unison. We spoke those words to little Faye Bond and Louis Berry aloud as one body, one unified voice. It was a striking moment, as it always is. But I was, as I was preparing this sermon, I took special notice of that first word of that response. That word was fight. In that word, and the ones that followed it, we were instructing Faye and Louis to fight in a war. Later, we welcomed them both as full members of our spiritual family. But before that, we enlisted them both as soldiers in an army at war against the devil. What a terrifying commission. But Faye and Louis were not, will not be alone to fight that war. On that day, they became part of an army, our church army. In fact, all of us that spoke those words during those services were already members of that army, and we were already at war. It is a war being fought between the spiritual forces of good and evil, between God and the devil. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powerful powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This war has been waged since before creation, and men and women started to take part in that war when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. From this point on, people have been separated from God, really because of sin. Isaiah the prophet gives an account of how that war began. In chapter 14, Isaiah directly addresses a powerful spiritual creature, an angel fallen from heaven called morning star, son of the dawn. In Hebrew, the translation of morning star is Lucifer. Isaiah goes on to describe Lucifer's ambition to enter heaven and take the throne and be like God. The prophet then goes on to say that Lucifer has been defeated and cast down to the earth. He and his followers have tried to take control of the earth. They are full of rage at their defeat. On earth, Lucifer sends humanity off course from God's original plan for us. This war is a terrifying prospect. 
Don't be in any doubt about it. Our enemy, the devil, is powerful, evil, and deceptive. He is set against us and wants our total annihilation. Or failing that, he wants our complete descent into sin, living totally depraved lives that are completely self-centered. He wants us to live completely obsessed by material things. He wants us to live lives helping him build a kingdom of evil here on this earth. Living in this way, we will have turned away from God, our creator, sustainer, judge and redeemer, and be worshipping the devil, a usurper, a liar, a thief and deceiver. Yeah, that's what I said. In committing sin, whatever it is, you know what it is. I think we are actually worshipping Satan. We put Satan on the throne of God. That's an incredibly uncomfortable thought, I know. But despite this, God has not abandoned us. God has offered us a chance to be reconciled to him through people putting their faith in Jesus as the Son of God. And since Jesus' time, followers of Jesus have joined together into the worldwide Church of God. We are part of that community of believers, the army of God, standing alongside Jesus and God our Heavenly Father, defending ourselves against spiritual attack and actively fighting against the devil to reclaim the earth and its people for the one true everlasting God, our Heavenly Father. That's the war this army is engaged in. That's how Paul describes it in Ephesians chapter 6. I mentioned earlier, we see the effects of those spiritual forces of evil every time we feel tempted to do something we know is wrong. So we fight against them whenever we resist the pull of those forces in small ways every day. But sometimes we get the opportunity to act in more obvious and dramatic ways. Years ago, I got involved in that war in a more literal way. I remember being part of a church youth group. One Saturday, we went into Ipswich. I remember we were window shopping in a second-hand shop when our eyes fixed on an Ouija board. The moment we saw it, we wanted it destroyed. We went into the shop and spoke to the man behind the counter. We told him the Ouija board was evil and tried to persuade him to take it out of the window and destroy it. But he wasn't interested in any of our arguments. In the end, we realized the only way we were going to destroy this thing was to buy it ourselves. None of us had very much money, so we clubbed together there in the shop and bought it right there and then. When we got it back to Katie's home, the rectory in Helmingham, I remember we unpacked it in the sitting room and put it straight 
onto the open fire. Board, instructions, the cardboard packet, the lot. It was gone. Another time, the youth group were in Ipswich again. I wanted to buy a book, and while we were browsing the bookshelves, we came across a section on the occult. The books had quite disturbing titles like The Devil's Bible, The Occult Book, The Modern Guide to Witchcraft and Ancient Magic. We all agreed that the books were disturbing, so we asked to see the manager. Christchurch, New Malden. 17th of October 2021, 9.30 service. David Lofman speaking in the series, How the Bible Presents the Church. The Army of God. When he came out, we tried to persuade him to take the books off the shelves. We got chatting with him and discovered that he knew Katie's dad, Alan. Katie's dad was a vicar. His parish was close to Ipswich. Apparently, Alan had been in the shop many times. They'd struck up a kind of rapport over the years. Alan had also tried to persuade the manager to get rid of the occult section of the, in the shop. Still, it didn't like, look like we were getting anywhere, but we kept on chatting for a bit. He told us that there was quite a lively interest in the occult in Ipswich. It was getting late now and we started to say our goodbyes to the manager when he suddenly, out of the blue, out of nowhere, invited us to choose four or five of the books we thought were the worst and he'd take them off the shelves. So we spent the last couple of minutes rifling through the shelves and choosing a few books for him to get rid of. I remember choosing the Devil's Bible. As we left, he handed us that very copy. He told us to give it to Alan, Katie's dad. He'd know what to do with it. Thinking about those two incidents last year, uh, years later, I realized our little church youth group there were only about 10 of us, aged between 16 and 20, were like a little church. The group had been together a few years, some of them were sons and daughters of local farmers. I'd only joined them recently. But they'd met together and they'd prayed together. They'd read and studied the Bible together. They'd gone bowling and ice skating together. But on those two afternoons, that little church youth group were acting like an army, a church army. We'd all agreed that the Ouija board and the books on the occult were evil and had to go. We all agreed that these things were dangerous and harmful. Some of us prayed while others talked to the owners. And we clubbed together, took out our purses and our wallets, and spent good money just to destroy the thing we'd bought. So that was a couple of ways uh, that we fought evil. But there are lots of ways that our church here Christchurch New Malden does this, fights evil all the time. I remember years ago, Iona and Aaron walking around New Malden High Street in chains to highlight the plight of modern day slavery. 
And every year, for one night a year, people from churches from all over Kingston, including this one, sleep out rough by the memorial, the war memorial in Kingston, to highlight the problems of homelessness. But to do that kind of work, we need to be strong. How can we make ourselves strong? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, Therefore, put on the full armour of God. It's not brute force we need to be victorious over the devil, but the quality of our characters, such as truthfulness, peace, faith, which form the armour of God, they're all there. And that extraordinary quotation. And these can be developed by being active in our church life. When we meet together here in our services, we're strengthening our shield of faith. But it's not just worshipping together on a Sunday, but doing things together and enjoying each other's company that strengthens us to stand our ground against the evil one. Two Sundays ago, <clears throat> we were an army of God when, we, when lots of different people from the church built a bug hotel in the church garden. There were children, mums and dads, and people who were just interested. And last Saturday morning, we were an army of God when men came together to the men behaving dadly morning. It's a regular event where men and younger kids get together to play and do activities. And while the children play and men get a chance to meet and chat over bacon, rolls and coffee. It's through events like these when we make friends with others within our church that we are acting like an army of God. We are protecting ourselves against spiritual attack, attack, and we are defeating the devil, our enemy, through our love. And that, in turn, will strengthen our church against spiritual attack. I really encourage all of us to get involved in the growing number of one-off and regular activities that, take, that now take place here at Christchurch. It's not mentioned in Paul's list of the armour of God, but a weapon to use against the devil is praising God. It's a powerful way of defeating our enemy. It's something we do every week in the opening words of our services. This morning, we praise God using Psalm 19. It's something we do when we sing praises to God in our songs. One time, it's noticeable, is when we sing the song before the children go out to their groups at the 9.30 service. <coughs> this service. The actions that go along with those songs are a little bit cheesy, a little bit awkward, but they are a great way of praising God and celebrating our Heavenly Father, not just with our voices, but with our, our bodies. 
last Sunday, I think it was, I was, when I came back from church, I listened to a program on Radio 4 called Just One Thing. Have you heard it? Every week, the presenter chooses just one thing we can do to make our lives better. That Sunday, he talked about singing. Apparently, just singing for five minutes every day, loudly, would improve our health and our lives. And if we sing in a group or join a choir, there's scientific evidence to support the claim that singing in a group can boost our immune system, reduce inflammation, and even reduce chronic pain. Just think, on top of all those incredible health benefits in our singing praises, we are also defeating our spiritual enemy. It's given me a new appreciation of the song, If I Were a Butterfly. We must own our victory over evil. We must claim it. We must proclaim it with confidence. As members of the worldwide church, we are soldiers in an army, fighting a war against powerful spiritual forces. And I challenge us all here, right now, to acknowledge that reality and to know that our enemy's ultimate goal is to destroy us and have us live lives without true meaning and purpose. Abandoned to sin and utter desolation. But that God has given us powerful ways of defeating ourselves, of defending ourselves and defeating evil. Like taking part in the jobs and activities in this church by praising God, knowing the Bible well and doing the right thing. And so, like little Faye and Louis, let us all fight valiantly as disciples of Christ against sin, the world and the devil and remain faithful to Christ to the end of our lives. Amen.